Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. So if you've been paying attention at all to Gojo and Golik here, last couple weeks we had Lions fullback Jason Cabinda on the show to give us the inside scoop on Detroit's season opening win at Kansas City. And we had such a great time with Jason. We invited him back two days before the Lions aim for their second straight win at Lambeau Field. Let's send it over to Gojo and Golik right now with our new bestie of the show. So before we get to Thursday night, he came yeah. in rocking his college oh, yeah. colors this morning. Penn State with a great yes, win. Sir. So it's is it the Nittany Lions year finally this year, Jason? Huh? It's our year, man. We're going to the playoffs, man. I'm, I'm saying it. I'm putting it in the air right now. Well, I think that's the thing about it is, is you get the chance with who you play. And, and as we were talking before we came on air, it's a shame that the three best teams are all on the same side of the bracket here, you know, and uh, and someone slips in from the West because, but you have your chance. What is it on uh, October 21st, Ohio State, November 11th, Michigan. Now, as former players in college for all of us, we can now look ahead. As, as you talk to coaches and players, you know, right, right, right now, Penn State's looking ahead to Northwestern. That's all they'll talk about. But come on, that's going to be right, a blowout. Right. So we can talk about these big games. Do you feel as good this year as you have ever felt about this Penn State team? Absolutely. Man, we're solid. I think we got a great defense, great D-line. I mean, they play hungry out there. The offense, I mean, this is the first time in a while we've had a Penn State team that can really lean on that offensive line. You saw that during the Iowa game. I mean, 17-play drive, 13-play drive, just cranking out four-yard, five-yard runs. I mean, just breaking the morale of that defense. So, Seeing that was a super positive thing uh, for us. I don't think we'll be able to do that in a, in a long time. So I, I really think we got it this year. Drew Aller, obviously, is a, a great prospect, man. He's starting to look real comfortable in there. Dude's got a can. I mean, he's processing, going through his progressions. It's really good to see uh, as a young quarterback. 
I've got to see it and cover it for the first time last year, but take me inside a Penn State whiteout experience from a player perspective because I maintain there aren't a lot of theaters in college football that are as good and compelling and wild as that event. What I can tell you, man, is there is absolutely nothing like that. You know, you got some stadiums like the Big House in Michigan, you know, Ohio State's, you know, stadium where the fans come to watch the show. At a Penn State whiteout, the fans come to be the show. That's the only way I can describe it, man. I mean, they're screaming their heads off the whole time. I can't tell you the amount of false starts and pregame penalties that that crowd causes for opposing offenses. So, uh, it, it is it is a great experience. Uh, it, there's really nothing like it in the world. I tell you what else is nothing like it as two guys who played at ND and traveled to Penn State is getting in and out of that godforsaken place. <laughs> I mean, it takes forever to get Only in and out. One way in and one way out. I know. Believe me, I know. <laughs> and, and we have dealt with it. Also, what goes let people know goes on in the locker room. I know you at least have one player in, in Sam Laporta who went to Iowa. Do you guys you guys still in the locker rooms make wagers on your college teams? Wagers, I wouldn't say no. Uh, we obviously uh, we got a lot of a lot of gambling issues going on in the league right now, so we're, we're staying away from all that. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I made Sam Laporta do about fifty push-ups though for that win. So <laughs> there we go. There, there we go. Almost as many push-ups as total offensive yards for Iowa in that game. So <laughs> a tough scene for the Hawkeyes. Uh, let's get to you guys though with the Lions here coming off a win this weekend against the Falcons. A nice bounce back after week two in Seattle. What'd you guys learn about yourself coming off that loss and going out and getting a dub this last week? Uh, I mean, obviously we, we faced some adversity last, last week, you know, losing in overtime and, and, and stuff like that. So to be able to hit that reset button, man, go back to work, prepare again, get ready. Um, you know, just really have the mindset going into that next game. Uh, we knew that we had to come to this game playing really hungry. Uh, I think our defense really showed that, man. I mean, that, that that was it right there. I think we held them to six points there. I mean, they couldn't really do much. You know, we, we held them and made them one-dimensional. We stopped the run, um, all those things. Then our offense, you know, was just very patient. You know, we cranked out some drives. You know, we had a couple of uh, drive killers with some penalties that we were o- o- able to overcome. So, uh, I, I love I love the direction this team is going in. Uh, I think we had a real statement win at home that we really needed, and obviously we got a big one this week in, in Green Bay uh, to, to kick off the division. Yeah, you do kick off division plays. You mentioned both you and Green Bay two and one. They now with a different quarterback uh, than Aaron Rodgers uh, in in Jordan Love. Talk about though before we get to the game, the preparation. So much being made of now. Back when I played, it was just Thursday night was really the the Thanksgiving games, and later on you started playing more Thursday nighters. Now every team right. usually gets a Thursday nighter, and every and and we talk about players and health and safety and preparation. Talk us about talk to us about the preparation of how different it is in a short week as opposed to a regular week. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's super tough on the body. So I think the biggest focus in, inside the building is really rest and recovery, getting everybody's bodies back and everybody ready to play again back on Thursday. So in order to do these these kinds of weeks, I mean, you got to be super locked in. It's all about the mental details, all the mental work. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of walkthroughs and jogthroughs, not a whole ton of full speed work during the week because we're trying our best to get our, our bodies back. So I think that's really what it is. It's mentally locking in, making sure we're on the details, staying in the playbook and really trying to keep it as simple as possible so the guys can just go out there and, and really just play free. Speaking of being mentally locked in, the details of this, you talked about your defense. Can I grade the stanky leg performance from Aiden Hutchinson <laughs> in year two? <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I think I, he, he really hit it, man. It was good. It was good. We were all on sideline laughing, man. It was good to see. 
What makes Aiden special? He's a top overall pick for you guys. Obviously, he's building on a strong end to his season one campaign. But what stuck out about him early on in his career for you guys? Uh, to me, the, the biggest thing that I saw, even just watching in practice, is the dude has one gear. Um, and, and you just love a player like that, man, where it's a thousand miles per hour. Every play, every practice, every walkthrough, the dude prepares the same. He's the same guy every day. And you see the guys who practice like that, who, who take every practice like it's a game, all of the stuff that they do in practice, it really translates. So, um, you know, the motor that that kid has is is, is unbelievable, man. And uh, obviously he's a, he's a special talent, man. Another one of those, you know, Bosa type bodies with explosion and uh, an array of pass, uh, pass rush moves. So, I mean, it's, it was awesome to see him really get into it last game and find his rhythm. And I think that'll continue for the rest of the season. Yeah, I like the way they're playing him on both sides and down over the the guard sometimes on passing situations, really showing his versatility and maybe find a weak spot on that O-line to put your best pass rusher. I think it's a, a smart move. Uh, looking ahead to, to this game, give us a little bit about what you see <clears throat> about on this Green Bay defense that you'll be going against. I mean, I think they're 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 a solid defense, man. They're solid defense. Still got Jair over there, you know, good DBs, um, you know, Savage and at, at safety there. Uh, uh, but I, I just really think <clears throat> this is a team that we can, you know, we can lean on. Uh, you know, we got our O-line. Obviously, we're, we're a little bit beat up, but, you know, our O-line is going to be a, a huge for us. You know, the trenches is going to be huge for us and winning the battle up front, being physical and uh, moving the chains, you know, just taking it one first down at a time and kind of going from there offensively. We talked a lot about Jameer Gibbs. We know Dave Montgomery dealing with that quad right now. You know, what have you been talking with the rookie about in that backfield about the opportunity for him here to really insert himself as this offense needs him a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we've seen him have some some splash plays here and there, but uh, I don't think we've really seen uh, his potential just yet. So that's what I'm really excited for, man. He, he's going to have a, a real good breakout game where you guys are going to really be able to see his full skill set uh, in the run games and the pass game. I mean, there's really nothing that he can't do. I mean, he can run in between the tackles. He can run outside. He can be a gadget. He can be in the pass game, running choices, you know, all those things. So um, I, I'm really excited just to kind of see his – full array of, of skill set in this game coming in. I'm wondering your, and, and every player is different. So we're just talking about Penn state, right. And looking at the schedule and we know in college, when all of us were in college, there are certain games, even though you need to take all your opponents, you know, you can't take them lightly. There are what, like when you got Ohio state coming up or Michigan, there's a little more juice to it. How yep. does that translate for you in the NFL when you come now to your first division opponent or when you play a division opponent, as opposed to somebody else in the league, does that, do you still get that same kind of feeling or is it muted a little more in the NFL? No, I mean, obviously, you know, we treat every game the same, you know, there, there's no doubt about it, but when it comes to the division, at the end of the day in the NFL, you got to win your division. So when you have division games, it is important to go out there and, and, and be your best and be on your A game every single time you have a division game. So there obviously is um, a little bit more, uh, emphasis on, on on bringing it those games obviously we'll be on the road so we're gonna have to bring our juice uh, over to lambo you know we know that stadium well um and yeah we just got to go out there play a thousand miles per hour play our game play physical be violent be smart um and i think uh, we'll, we'll handle our business it's going to be exciting we're all looking forward to thursday night and a quality game like that in that package al michaels has to be thanking his lucky stars um one big picture in the NFL right now coming off this last weekend. We've heard a lot of opinions about this from former players and other people. The Dolphins hanging 70 on the Broncos this week, and you just don't see scores like that in the NFL very often. 
from a player standpoint, any issue with a team like that in this league, seemingly running up the score like that, keeping pushing the pedal on the gas that late in the game? I mean, no, it's the NFL. I mean, the other team, they get they get paid too uh, at the end of the day. Uh, I will say, though, I, I don't even think I've been on a team in my entire <laughs> life that scored 70 points. So I've probably done it in Madden a couple of times. But <laughs> besides that, uh, I, I don't think I've seen it. So, you know, obviously, um, McDaniels and them, they're doing a, a great job over there, uh, you know, with their offense. You know, they got Tyree, they got Jalen, they got a lot of weapons. And Tua's, you know, he's really playing his ass off right now. So, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely an offense that, uh, you know, a lot of defenses need to find answers to right now, and, and they don't seem to have them. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough task. It's a tough task with that team right now. It's definitely a tough out, and uh, one of the exciting teams like the Detroit Lions uh, this NFL season. Jason, we appreciate the time as always, man. Hopefully we get to keep doing this with you as the season goes along. Best of luck with the short week here. We're excited to watch. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on. Thanks, man. As Jason Cabinda again, Lions, uh, super back, fullback, tight end, yeah, whatever you yeah. need him to be, he's got it for you in that backfield there. We will talk to uh, Dolphins tight end, Durham Smythe, coming up here, speaking of that Miami Miami Dolphins team in about 15 minutes uh, as we get a look at some of the speed on tape there. But, Dad, why don't we look as we talk about the rest of this NFL weekend at what we had here with the NFL Week 3 superlatives. We started doing this on Tuesday, kind of put a bow on the weekend that we saw. Now we got the Monday night games in there. I want to start off with that Dolphins team, Dad. This is my Ricky Bobby team of the week. I just want to go fast. I saw Field Yates, ESPN NFL Insider, post this from Next Gen Stats. The six fastest ball carriers in a game so far this season have all been Miami Dolphins players. Number one, Tyree Kill. Number two, Devon A. Chain. Number three, Tyree Kill. Number four, Raheem Mostert. Number five, Tyree Kill. And number six, Devon A. Chain. It has been an absolute tour de force of guys with track backgrounds on that team. I mean, I, I don't know how you can't can't do that. I mean, just, just, just for argument's sake, I'll I'll look at the fact that you had a, a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew do what he did and get the Colts a win in the absence of their rookie quarterback uh, in Anthony Richardson, even after he did a Dan Orlovsky and stepped out of the back of the end zone, still helping that team to get to a win uh, like he did. Uh, so even with your, your kicker having the great day that it, we talked about yesterday. But it's really – I just wanted to mention another team. It's really tough to go against Miami because just, just as Jason said and we have talked about, you just don't see it. You never see something like that, and I don't know if we will again. Well, and especially just, Dad, with that kind of speed. Like, I was talking with uh, Charlie Kravitz, who's the producer over at the Dominique Foxworth show yesterday, about what Mike McDaniel kind of represents. It seems like the next evolutionary step of every part of the Shanahan-McVay coaching tree, right? Like, you had Sean McVay get to it first, and we saw – all right, this team that uses incredibly creative 11 personnel, moves the pocket a lot with Jared Goff, all these great play action reps, a running back back then in Todd Gurley who was really doing great things for them. Then you get Kyle Shanahan, even more creative run game here, more versatile jack-of-all-trades, positionless football going on. And on both of those teams, there were fast guys, but – you look at the Sean McVay-led Rams. Cooper Cup's your best receiver, not physically going to overwhelm anyone. You look at the 49ers, Raheem Mostert and some of the guys that are now on the Dolphins in that backfield. You had track stars in that backfield, but your best receivers on that team even now aren't necessarily guys, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, that are known for their game-breaking speed. Right, right. Tyreek Hill, uh, Jalen Waddle, who wasn't even on the field this last weekend, and now you throw A-Chain in there as well. 
You've got track stars that can stretch the field at every level of an offense that's built with much the same gadget, play with people's eyes as those last two teams. And so what they're capable of seems like we're looking at maybe a resetting of the ceiling of what's been the best offensive coaching tree in the NFL right now. So, you know, back in the day in the NBA, when the center was a true center position, when you just, you know, dropped it down low in the paint, back to the basket, back to yourself, back your way in, the, the term was you can't teach size, right? And and in this what has always been right along with that, and yeah. it's 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 it appropriate for Miami is you can't teach speed. The difference here in the NFL is we always talk about speed and the fact of taking or opening the top of a defense, right? Sending your guy in that go route and stretching out the defense long. But what it means also now is short routes that turn into long runs. I mean, you have guys when you have speed like that. It's just about get – we keep talking about Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan offense. Just get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Well, there are no more play, – no better playmakers to potentially break a three-yard pass into an 80-yard touchdown than the Miami Dolphins. So it's not just about speed kills going over the top and, and stretching out a defense. It's get the ball in the hands of those fast guys, and they can make something happen near the line of scrimmage or 20 yards downfield. It doesn't matter. And the scheme has made it so difficult for defenses who already have to guard against all that speed to worry about all that eye candy. I was trying to think of an analogy, Dad, for people that have never played football of what all that motion that you see in these offenses does to an opposing defense. Because we saw a lot of flat-footed Broncos defenders going up against the Dolphins. And I said, think about you're driving a car when an animal runs across the road or someone runs across the street. What do you do? You tap your brakes. That's all they're trying to do is get the right. defense to tap the brakes on this. So you got Tyree Kill going in motion right at the snap, and all of a sudden as a defender, mentally or physically, you tap the brakes a little bit, and they're fast enough to go right by you and make you pay. So Ricky Bobby, team of the week there, Dad. Let's go for this superlative. The best former Eagles coach of the week. You're going to have a tough time picking this one as Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen both go out and get wins over top-tier uh, competition, the Colts beating the AF one of the AFC favorites in the Baltimore Ravens, and the Cardinals beating one of the NFC's overall favorites in the Dallas Cowboys, both with their with what would be considered backup quarterbacks right, in right. these spots as well, Dad. So who's your pick out of these two? Oh, it, it, to me, it, it's got to be Arizona and Gannon, right? I mean, to beat Dallas, to put up 28 against that defense, what we were talking about as the best defense possibly uh, in all of football and the way they've been playing on that. And as obviously you see him put up 28 points, it, it wasn't the one thing you might think of, oh, maybe the defense contributed. No, this was 28 by the offense against this Dallas Cowboy defense. And then the Arizona defense did a nice job holding that Cowboy offense, which was sans three of their starting offensive linemen, which really hurts uh, your running game especially. But I'd have to go there. I don't think anybody expected that. Everybody seeing Arizona as kind of that team that wants to set them up uh, themselves up for one of the top picks to get one of the quarterbacks out. And but but again, whenever we talk about that, remember we're never talking about the players. The players want to go out and win, and that's what the Arizona Cardinals players showed in this game. They showed that it doesn't matter your record, it doesn't matter what people think of you. That on any Sunday, man, if you're playing ball right, that you can get the win. Yeah, it's so true, and it's a reminder. Yeah, it is. It's difficult because football is such an interconnected game. There are more players on the field. It's a sport with more randomness inherently baked in because of all the violence where tanking gets really hard. But I'm with you. I would go with the the Eagles just for the level of competition. I understand the Cowboys were down a bunch of guys in the offensive line, but 
on both sides of the ball, Jonathan Gannon came in and was sort of a meme, right? You had the early pew, pew, pew thing with him and Kyler Murray talking. You had the weird pregame speech during the preseason about, did you take the bus to the game or did you drive your car? All this stuff that eerily reminiscent of Nick Sirianni's start in Philadelphia seems to have begotten them a pretty well-coached team that, by the way, brought Josh Dobbs over at the end of the preseason. Like, the guy hasn't been here all that long and has gone out and played well-coached, really competent football for you, specifically on defense, too, which, as we've talked about, when it's your specialty, you got to go ahead and make that sing. Dad, let's get to the worst streak of this weekend. The Jets have now lost 15 in a row against New England. You had Garrett Wilson, their wide receiver, come out and say, before the game, it's unacceptable. And I have to imagine after we saw some of that frustration boiling on the sideline, he's starting to look at the quarterback situation there and feel like that's unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, listen, he is. And and I still don't – we can get into this more. I don't know why they haven't gotten a veteran. Like I said, not to come in and start right away. It could still be Zach Wilson's team, but at least that veteran can learn the system if you need him to come in like – they probably do now, you could put somebody in. So I, I'm just stunned at the way they're going, and it's a horrible, obviously, streak that they have going right now that uh, that, that looks to continue uh, if, if Zach Wilson is, is still the quarterback. But it's all still not on him. Others have to step up as well. Quickly for me, it's the one that was broken. Pittsburgh hadn't beaten the Raiders on the road since 1995, and they finally broke that streak. So that was a streak going into the game that was horrible. And in 95, Toy Story was the big movie at the theater. Hootie and the Blowfish were the big winners at the Billboard Music Awards. Gas was $1.11 per gallon. That's how long it had been since uh, Pittsburgh beat the Raiders on the road. And we have Darius Rucker slinging NFL merch and a Toy Story game getting ready to come up in the NFL. Time is a flat circle. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself, and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it, and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road, and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed's scientific board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So, Trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to Seed.com slash Gojo and use code 25GOJO to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at Seed.com slash Gojo, code 25GOJO. All right, so before the break, Gojo mentioning that really sad streak by the Jets. 15 straight losses to New England. The offensive issues run Very deep in New York, and Garrett Wilson 
has something he would like to say about that. Just frustrating, frustration that, you know, we're not, we're not moving the ball. Um, that's what it was, you know, our defense was stringing together some stops and, and um, you know, I feel like it was time to go. Time to go, time to put some points on the board. I'm frustrated we're not winning. You know, whatever reason that may be, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. You know, that's, that's my job. I feel like I'm a, a player on this team, but, you know, everyone knows that about me is that I don't play about, about losing winning, you know, and, and uh, when it's competition, you know, I'm with all that and we haven't, we haven't met the challenge the last two weeks. Um, and that's where the you know, frustration comes from. That's where the, the emotion comes from. You know, you want to do with what's working and today didn't feel like anything was really working. So we got to find a way to do something, you know, um, you know, got to find a way to do something. All right. Gojo, who deserves the most heat for what's going down in New York? So everyone's got to wear it, but unfortunately the quarterback's probably going to have to bear it because it, it just is the most, it's the thing you tried to address this offseason, right? And I think mentally, uh, you know, I, I've heard Rob Sala talk about how they've been trying to adjust. They had this offense built for Aaron and now they're trying to retool this offense built for Zach. Like, I get it's Nathaniel Hackett, so it's not even a guy who had prior experience with Zach Wilson with this regime when he was the quarterback. But, Dad, the letdown from the rest of the team and the frustration that's building, you had seven three and outs in this game. You gave up a safety on offense in addition to three sacks. You were barely at right at 50% as far as a passer in Zach Wilson. And while he might not be fully at fault, we knew coming into the season, right, protection up front the offensive line were an issue everybody had circled. But with what the buildup was, with what your defense is, and with some of the weapons that still exist on that offense – it just seems inexplicable that they would continue to stick with Zach Wilson for results that just do not seem like they are capable this season. We heard all in the preseason about how Zach Wilson had improved, how having uh, Aaron Rodgers there had helped him. He was going to grow in all these things, but having to put that in practice right away this season probably wasn't going to be the space that we saw that bear fruit. We all thought he might benefit from getting to sit back and not right. have live bullets going at him. And we've seen right now, this is the same Zach Wilson we had last season. There's not a, any sort of demonstrable difference between that guy and the one playing now. No, and I don't I don't know there, if there should be an expectation that you're going to see something different, right? Two touchdowns, four interceptions, just over 50% completion. This is, this is what you have. You might get a better game. Occasionally, you might get a worse game. I do not understand why they didn't get a veteran quarterback. And I don't even mean having to trade away assets because I'm sure they're still going to put their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket next year, who, by the way, will be 40 coming off an ACL injury. So you want to talk about keeping your fingers crossed. You got hurt in four plays, keeping your fingers crossed even for next year. But I don't understand why you didn't grab, and everybody keeps saying who, some, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, everybody keeps saying no, no. Kirk no. Cousins, trade for I him. Mean, well, 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 that's the only I, thing. The only thing I'm going to say about that, Emerson, is if you trade and give up assets for a guy like that, and then you you gave up assets, and then you're going to go back to Aaron Rodgers yeah. next year, you're giving up assets for that. I, and, I'm not even, and also potentially ticking off Aaron yes, Rodgers. Like we've yes, seen yes. what happens when you make quarterback moves or moves in general around the roster that aren't signed off on I agree. by 12, now eight. That seems like but a recipe. Like, it would be just like a one-year rental. That guy. No, it's, but, I, it, it, but I, what, if, what if he comes in and plays well? What right. if he comes in and plays really well, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, you're just going to discard him with a 40-year-old coming in off an Achilles? I don't think that's the smoke they want right now. Oh. I, that's why I said get a veteran who you can who's a free agent. And I know people are screaming, well, they're a free agent for a reason. I guarantee you they can be better than what Zach Wilson is doing. 
and provide some more leadership and help that offense. It may not turn it all around, and you may just say, we're going to live with Zach Wilson and the results of it, but that's fine. I'm just thinking for everyone else in the locker room, Mike, to have a veteran that if Zach keeps struggling or the offense keeps struggling, just to say, let's put this veteran in and let's see what can happen. And nothing may happen. Nothing good may happen. I understand that. But I don't. I do not understand why they're not giving themselves that option right now. Rob Sala said yesterday the offense has had to adjust on the fly in the aftermath of the Rodgers injury. In other words, it was built for Rodgers, and now they're trying to find a new identity with Wilson at quarterback. Dan, I don't know how Jets fans do it, but also in that locker room, the mental gymnastics to keep trying to justify Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback, who, listen, could be a good guy. Like, I don't want to make this a total dump on Zach Wilson, but he is not a good enough quarterback for this team, given the roster they have, to accomplish anywhere near the dreams that they had setting out for this season. Yeah. And it's it, we saw that frustration spilling over on the sideline. It's increasingly difficult, I'd imagine, if you're a member of the rest of this team, to hear your head coach publicly talking like this as much as you buy into Rob Sala when you're laying it on the line and don't believe that you're getting even average at that position, Dad. Because to your point, the other guys you brought in aren't going to be great. We know no. enough about who Carson Wentz right. is at this right. point to know he's not going to be a guy that makes you great at this juncture of his career. But there's the hope that maybe he can come in and just get you to average based on being a veteran that's played a lot more winning football and losing football, but winning football in this league than Zach Wilson. So far. I completely agree because you're, you're being led by your defense. Your de I mean, your defense and offense were going to be so complimentary with Aaron Rodgers, but now you're squarely being led by your defense. So you need a, an offense that that you can trust a little bit more. And, hmm. and I'm sorry, it's just not there with Zach Wilson right now. So again, I'll continue to say I don't understand the move, which costs you basically nothing to do something like this, just to have them there. And like we like we talked about, it can be for that locker room as well to say, okay, Maybe we need a stabilizing veteran force there, even if we may not, we maybe will be a little better, but maybe not much better. But, to, but for that locker room, for, and again, these heated arguments on the sideline that are going on, I, I never put any credence to anything yeah. that happens while the game is going on. It, that, that doesn't bug me uh, at all, but I can understand the frustration level of what this Jet team thought they were going to be offensively. And now four plays into the season, what they actually are, I can see there being a whole lot of frustration when it's not going their way. The argument on that sideline to me feels a lot different than the argument on the Eagles sideline because there you've got the bedrock of past performance. Right. A.J. Brown knows what what uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, Hurts yeah. is as a quarterback. He knows what they can be as an offense, and the frustration was they weren't living up to their standard. For Garrett Wilson, I'd imagine part of this has to feel like Oh, here we go again. Yep. Where I has the was the offensive rookie of the year last year, but felt like I had to make a lot of that magic happen on my own in an offense that was inconsistent around it. So I think the frustration in those spots comes from two very different places for this team. But dad, as much as anything, in so many relationships in life, people just want to know that you're trying. And I think for the Jets right now, for the rest of that team, you'd like to see Joe Douglas, Rob Sala, and the front office be trying at that position. Here, we, you know, we heard at the very beginning them potentially exploring veteran options, but they positioned it to come in and be the backup. And I get at that point. Yes. You wanted to protect Zach Wilson's feelings. You wanted to protect a guy that you still thought might be able to help you, but 
we're getting enough of a reminder of the sample size again that that's probably not going to be the case. And so whether it's Carson Wentz, whether it is giving up a little bit to go pry a backup oh. like Jacoby Brissett yes. from Bingo. somewhere, that would be something that maybe at least shows the rest of your team you're trying and this isn't a lost season and another frustrating one yet again. Yeah, I, I, and I'll say again, I don't know why they didn't do it right away and just say, Whoever we bring in, you're coming in as the backup. This is Zach Wilson's offense for now, or, or Zach Wilson's offense. And let him do his thing, but be ready, you know, yeah, with, with an eye wink yeah. saying, yeah, hey, for, for as long Zach's as Zach's team. But, and now Robert Sala, is, when he's asked about it, he said that's a Joe Douglas question, <laughs> you know, put it, putting it on the GM. So <laughs> I, I will continue to say and will not change my opinion, even if it was a guy. And by the way, Matt Ryan already said, you know, uh, he has no interest in doing that right now, whether he was going to be a guy that was thought of or not. But I'll, I'll keep saying a, a, a Carson Wentz or a Nick Foles to come in and kind of steady the ship or at least make it an offense that that can be a little a little better than what they are because you're still led by your defense. So let's see. I, I would be stunned if at some point they're not making some kind of a move. Matt Ryan to come back behind an offensive line that yeah. struggled to protect even Aaron Rodgers, a yeah. much more mobile yeah. quarterback at this point in his career. Matt Ryan realized the television. They might say 28 to three jokes in front of me, but they can't hit me. And that's a decided step up in my lifetime. Coming up next, let's take a look inside and under the hood of the NFL's most high powered offense. Next on Gojo and Bullock. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. All right, back here on Gojo and Golik, where we are lucky enough now to be joined by an individual, a member of the history-making Dolphins <laughs> offense, hanging out right now with Gojo and Golik. Yeah, very excited to welcome in. Uh, now, it's a it's a tough weekend to bring up alma maters. We had yeah. Yeah, been don't do that. the Lions before do who... Penn State alum, very hyped for the weekend. We're pumped because we love this guy, Durham Smythe, Dolphins tight end, former Notre Dame tight end, who I just looked up now. Durham, year six for you in the NFL here, man. You're an old head now. Year six, man. It's, it sneaks up on you. It sneaks up on you. It feels like uh, just yesterday I got in. So, uh, you know, year six, still rolling. Yeah, so, proud, yeah. yeah year six, and I, you know, you played a lot of ball in your life. Six years NFL, obviously college at Notre Dame. I, can you even put into words what it was like on that sideline as you guys, I think you just scored five minutes ago again. I mean, of what it was like to put up 70 points in an NFL game. You know, I was, I was talking to people on the sideline towards the end of the game and, and, I, and we were kind of saying that we've never experienced anything like that really at any level of football, you know, um, 
obviously it's a combination of things when something like that happens. Uh, perfect storm. Things are clicking, um, you know, in all three phases. Um, some breaks go your way, and then all of a sudden you have 70 points. And uh, I was looking around, talking to people, and, and no one had really ever experienced anything like that. So it's definitely fun uh, to be on the uh, the good side. Of <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely want to stick around. Are you like going up to McDaniel in the middle of all that? Because everyone seemed to be eating in that and like position petitioning for plays for you in there. A chain and those guys got a bunch of runs. Do you start to go, try and go say, hey, maybe like some tight end throwback mixed in here? You know that definitely crosses your mind. But when when guys like like our running backs and the guys that had the ball were, were running like they were, I wasn't about to stop that in any way. So if, you know, if, if I was calling the plays, I would have continued to get them the ball as well. Uh, so I think when guys are kind of in a, in a zone like that, you just kind of keep getting them the rock. Yeah. 43 carries 350 yards. You don't mess with that. I mean, these were, we, these were college esque numbers without question was, was, I'm wondering, was anybody on the sideline aware? Did it start circulating of what the NFL record was? And you guys were two points away from that. And we were all saying, kick the damn field goal. I mean, this is the NFL, man. Do your thing. But was that talked about on the sideline? I think really in those last like two minutes, um, word kind of got around um, to a lot of the players. The coaches were obviously discussing it. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, it, the right decision was made. Um, if you're up by however many at the end of a game and it's not, you know, approaching an NFL record, I think everyone's going to take a knee there. And, and, you know, like McDaniel said in his, his, his press conference, um, you know, karma is a real thing. And, and, and so many things change in the NFL so quickly that, you know, I remember in 2019 when we were here um, and we had a new staff and a lot of things were happening and we were getting rocked at home um and people don't forget those type of things so i think ultimately it was the right decision to you know take a knee at the end of the game and, and kind of get out of there um get out of there healthy so you mentioned a new regime for you guys now you know uh, another year under coach mcdaniel what stuck out to you about him as he's settled in here in miami and you guys have gotten used to what he brings as a head coach yeah, I think more than anything at this point, it's just how calculated everything is. Um, obviously, when he came in last year um, with a new scheme offensively for us, you could see that it was going to be an effective scheme in this league. It's been an effective scheme, you know, wherever he's been, um, Atlanta, um, obviously in San Francisco, um, and now here. But I think it's just how calculated he is with, with play calling, um, with building plays off of each other. Um, with really, I, I think using the, the, the pieces that he has, um, you know, obviously we have a wild amount of speed on our offense and kind of making plays that, um, kind of emphasize that within, uh, within the flow of the game. So everything is calculated and, and when it, when it's, when it's called the right way and everything's rolling, obviously this, this is a tough scheme, tough offense to stop. Yeah. 36 points, 24 points and 70 points in your three wins. You're one of three teams, you guys, San Francisco and Philadelphia left undefeated your first division game at Buffalo coming up this week. So give us a little preview of that, of what this high octane offense is looking to go against in this Buffalo defense. Yeah. I mean, obviously division games are always extremely important. And, um, you know, over the last couple of years um, here, um, we've had a lot of, uh, really, you know, fun games, uh, against the bills, both home and away. Um, it's an extremely tough defense to play against. Obviously they've the last four or five years have been one of the, the best defenses in the NFL. Um, we know them well, you know, the, the players stick around, uh, the scheme has been the same. Um, so it, it's always a fun one and, and, you know, going up there to Buffalo and that atmosphere, you know, whether you're playing in September, January, whenever, um, is, is always fun. So, 
you're right, a big divisional game against a, you know against a team we know really well, and and it's always a fun one. And a team whose quarterback and Josh Allen gets talked about a lot. For you guys in Tua, I feel like the conversation around him is always so fascinating. He's putting up monster numbers, and we've seen him chirp back at a lot of his detractors and and be kind of that fiery guy. Is he like that with you guys behind the scenes? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's, it's just kind of part of his evolution. Um, you know, he's he's always had the talent, obviously dating back to college and. Um, you know, I think as he's gained confidence over the last four or five years, it's, it's, it's really starting to come out, you know, where he's confident enough to, you know, to clap back sometimes and, and, and show it. You know, he does show it with us, too. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a simple grasp of the huddle that it's kind of hard to explain, um, just being around different quarterbacks in this league over the years. Um, and he definitely has the grasp of it now um, that maybe he didn't, you know, when he first got in the league. Like, I don't think really any rookie quarterback can or young quarterback can. Um, and now with all the confidence that he has and the success that he's had and the, the grasp of the offense, um, you know, he's he's obviously the leader, uh, the leader of this offense and the leader in the huddle. So take us down on the field a little bit because we see a completion percentage. His is high over 71 percent. But there's a completion and then there, you know, where you just make a catch and a completion where you have the ability to run after the catch of where he puts the ball. And he seems to throw a great ball for a receiver to continue yards after the catch. Talk about that and his delivery and his completions. Yeah, that's that's something that's that's very much emphasized um, in this offense is, is run after the catch, yak. Um, you know, in, in the offseason and during OTAs and stuff, we as an offense will watch um, tapes with the coaches just called yak tapes. And, you know, it's 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 about small things like catching the ball and immediately getting vertical drop steps, things of that nature. Um, and when you have a quarterback who can put the ball on you, like you said, where you don't have to jump, you don't have to break stride. Um, there's a lot of hidden yardage that a lot of people don't really realize. Um, and you know, if you get four yards here, five yards there, post catcher, if you throw it to Tyreek when he's, you know, in stride, <laughs> he gets 50 yards. Those, those, those things, those things really add up really quickly. And that's a big part of this offense. So I think, you know, to a fitting into a scheme where that that's really emphasized and, you know, mixed with his accuracy, that's really a combination that does a lot of, of very good things for this offense. Yeah, it, it certainly worked very well so far. And uh, I'm sure Dolphins fans hoping that keeps up as the season rolls along. And like you said, you guys get another division opponent coming up this weekend. Durham, we appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Best of luck. Stay healthy this season. Hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon. All right, brother. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. Go yeah. Irish. And we didn't bring up Notre Dame loss. So yeah. there, there we, we go. go. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was nice job. That was that, yeah. like it. Hey, tight end you, Mitchell Evans, still getting it done out there, man, representing for the brand. That's right. We're still rolling at that position. Yep. There's, there's, there no, uh, there's no hesitation there. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, the uh, the proud Notre Dame tight end tradition that uh, Durham's no doubt a part yeah. of. And, Dad, listen, a guy alone, in his own right, a great athlete. I can't imagine how slow everyone feels in that Miami Dolphins offensive team room, though, given all the weapons that he talked about there. What the Patriots are to white wide receivers with former lacrosse backgrounds, the Dolphins appear to be with guys with track backgrounds. It, it, it's ridiculous. The speed, like I said, so they can take the top off a of defense or just like Durham said you can catch a a short route and and in Tyreek's case turn it into 50 let's remember again they scored 70 and Jalen Waddle didn't play I mean now again most of this damage was on the ground as I said 350 yards on the ground which is absolutely incredible this this was college-esque with over 700 yards of offense and 350 on the ground
But and what you said too, and I remember talking about this too with Mike McGlinchey, the former t- right tackle for the 49ers, who played when Mike McDaniel was there too. It's the attention to detail on all those yeah. little things that you heard Durham mentioned there about what they watch, what they emphasize, how they go about it. An offense with this many moving parts requires everyone to really understand where they fit into that. And to have a guy who's as great a teacher as it sounds like Mike McDaniel is behind closed doors really goes a long way in making this possible for not just the quarterback that we emphasize and look at, but for everyone on down there, including guys like Durham in that tight end room. All right, guys, coming up next. Let's finish off this show the only way we know how by celebrating the fact that the NFL scripts are about to sound a lot better after some big news next on Gojo and Golan. All right, guys, we're in the heat of the summer and you need a pair of great shades that you don't have to baby. Knock Around Sunglasses is the go-to for quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released the first set of teams of their official MLB collection, including Red Sox and Yankees. So don't be the person who's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. Check out knockaround.com for great looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks and use the code GOLIC for free shipping on your order. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Emerson Lazio holding it down in Boston. Our thanks to our guests, Dolphins tight end Duran Smythe. Uh, Lions, all everything, super back. Jason Cabinda joining us yet again here on the show. Uh, as always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating. Check us out right here live Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on DraftKings YouTube channel and all the other great outlets. Uh, guys, let's finish off with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories. Send everyone on out into their day and start with the poor Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Oh, man. They just want to go home. This Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> team, we found out courtesy of ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter yesterday, apparently had to make an emergency landing in Kansas City en route back from their win, dad, out where you were in Las Vegas uh, on Sunday night football. They had to try and wait on the same plane that they were waiting broken down for another plane to come in from Atlanta. I saw Cam Hayward, their star defensive tackle, tweeting that this may have been because Micah Parsons late hitting escapades, but... <laughs> Uh, all of this, Dad, ends with just another. There's nothing worse than a travel fiasco, no. even if you're a team on a chartered flight. So here's here's you're right about that. Let me first and foremost say that 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 can be the worst. But the next thing I'll say is you've been on these charter flights, Mike. I've been on these charter flights. The one thing there is uh, there is an excessive amount of 
is food and snacks. Yeah. So while mm. the normal people, and I'll insert this right now, Mike, your mother left this morning or tried to leave this morning from South Bend to go to Arizona through Chicago. She never got out of South Bend, oh. sat for two hours on a plane, had to go back to the gate and is coming home. And I guarantee you the two hours she sat on the plane, they did not get a snack or any food. They just sat there. So that is, a, I'll always try and find the silver lining. Those players at least got fed well while they were sitting on the plane with snacks and or food, because that's what happens on those flights. The flight left Las Vegas at about 11 p.m. Pacific. They had to wait for another plane. Uh, the Steelers were supposed to have landed back in Pittsburgh around 5.30 a.m. that morning. It was more than six hours after they were scheduled to land. They finally took off from Kansas City and are going to get home. They don't play again until Sunday, so they'll Whoa. have plenty of time. But you're right, Dad. The snacks on the plane, that used yes. to be my favorite thing about yes. getting on the charter, was picking out what variety, especially when we got there. Coach Weiss had the best snacks on the plane. Tons of candy <laughs> I, available. Shout out to C-Dub on that one. We always ate well on those flights. A plane oh. full of football players. How long do those snacks last for, though? Emerson, I can't tell you how much they have. They bring so many, obviously, food, but the snacks. Like, what are we talking? Seem- what, what are the snacks on a plane for football players? Mostly candy. Oh. Yeah, candy, <laughs> snack bars, Gatorades, yeah. waters, a lot of hydration, really. A lot of hydration. And, and, and maybe the snacks are different now because nutrition is different. Yeah. Sure. I mean, we, we had a lot of candy bars, snacks like that. Hell, our guys would eat. You guys had booze. Our, yeah, we had booze, too. I mean, it, this was back, too, <laughs> and on away flights. Each player could get two beers. You got handed two beers going back onto the plane from your away games. And there were players like I had my guy every every away trip, Reggie White, grabbed his two beers, turned around and handed them to me because he didn't drink. And I said, I made out from that one. So, And then, you know, obviously that turned out to not okay. be a great idea because I think it was Minnesota, someone on the coaching staff, I think, got a DUI leaving and that yeah. started to yeah. happen a bit. And the NFL was considered the bartenders here yeah. giving the beer out. So that was over. Those were good times though, when you, when you could do that. So yeah, tons of snacks. So that part of it uh, and getting up and you can move around where on a commercial flight, really, you can't Whoa. do that. They'll let these guys go all over the place. And so I you didn't say for the, I was going to say, ahead. you didn't witness anybody go full Wade Boggs and mash 107 beers on a single flight then. No, no, and I still would need to see proof of that 107 yeah, I beers. I mean, I, I just that that that's a tough call. I will say from this travel issue, it's a lot better than the one I had. We were going to play Washington State in uh, San Antonio, like my junior or senior year at Notre Dame, and we had to take off. It was a big charter flight. South Bend's a small airport, so short run that way. You take off at a pretty steep angle, and we hit like an air pocket and hit like a little free fall. Yeah. It felt like it happened for about 10 seconds. Guys are freaking out. Guys are yelling on the plane, and I will never forget as long as I live, Torian Smith, linebacker from Rome, Georgia. I look over at his chair, and all I see is him arms wide, <laughs> ready for the Lord to take him home. I have never <laughs> seen someone so comfortable in accepting their fate in that moment. We were all fine, but it is seared into my brain for all time. Torian remains a living legend. Oh, that is um, awesome. Uh, guys, let's get to uh, that. Emerson, we got some great news out yes. of Hollywood this week. Yes, let's discuss that. So the writer's strike ending here with a tentative deal And one of the first announcements that was made following the end of this strike is that The Office is going to be rebooted. 
I'm not quite sure if we really need an office reboot and where all the original thoughts and creative ideas now are cooking, but what do you think, Gojo? I'm going to watch it. I'm a sheep. I'm going to watch it. So first off, congratulations to the Writers Guild of America for making this happen. Standing firm and getting the protections and hopefully added bumps in pay that are necessary uh, in the changing landscape. We've seen how much television has suffered. Movies have suffered without them. And so uh, glad that the hard workers involved are getting what they richly deserve here. Dad, that being said, I'm a little worried. I know it's the original staff that helped create the uh, American version of The Office here, but we saw how much that show, like my brother, uh, Jake, and his wife, Jenny, loved The Office more than anybody. Every time I go to visit them, it's always been on the background. We all saw the drop off in that show when Steve Carell left. Yeah. And so yeah. unless you're going to be bringing him back as Michael Scott, I really question the decision yeah. on this. And they're not. This is going to be this is going to be a new cast. It's not going to be, you know, the John Krasinski's, the Jenna Fisher's, the Rain Wilson uh, of the world. Um, so I, I don't know about this. I mean, I, I love the show as well. I may give it a watch just to see because if it's the writers and stuff, the original writers yeah. you get, you know, because the writing was great. But it's the actor's delivery a lot of times, you know, that that's going to that's going to bring it to life. Right. So, yeah, I'm not sure of this one at all, Emerson. I was going to say I'm not quite sure if what the first like three, four seasons of the original office, which were incredible. I don't know if half the stuff they talked about is going to even fly on TV oh, or Netflix anymore. You know what and, I mean? And you've heard you've heard Steve Carell come out and say that and try and make it sound pretty edgy. I, I think you're probably right. I think like most great athletes, most of these people will also adjust their humor to the times. But I'm with you. I just don't think I think it was a great show for the time and place. And I don't know if it's going to work in the reboot, like a lot of reboots yeah. that we've seen die on the vine. Uh, speaking of people who are flirting with disaster, let's oh. get to the third here. Oh man. So, so uh, yes, go yeah. ahead. Emerson, go for it. Okay. All right. So a Dolphins fan revealing his family's tradition at Miami games is to take a tequila shot after every Dolphins touchdown. I don't know if there's been an update out there about this family or if an entire family now has been wiped off the face of the planet. (laughs) But this is dangerous. I can imagine the Golics doing this at like a Notre Dame game. I mean, listen, I may have at some point gotten near 10 (laughs) shots within the body of a football game, but for an entire family to try and brave that great unknown. Now, we got an update. I don't know this guy's okay. actual name. His name on Twitter is Buck Fuffalo. I have to say that very <laughs> oh, slowly yes, you for do. obvious well reasons. Uh, he said, as people have reached out with some concerns, he'll say, yes, 10 shots is a lot, but they got smaller and more ceremonial towards the end, and they managed it with a lot of hydration on the back end. So they had a good plan they developed on the fly for a situation that nobody was truly prepared for, it seems. A- a- am I looking at, I'm looking at the set, am I looking at 17 touchdowns? Uh, now I'm looking at the rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdowns. And, gets, and they're hung over for the rest of the season. Yes. And you know what? <laughs> now you've got to start to figure out your plan going forward because now you know what this is. Like when I was yeah. on the game in Oregon this weekend, they had the duck do push-ups, oh, the mascot yeah. after yeah. every score. And a guy came up and gave me a tip before the game. He said, by the way, we've got three different ducks in the stadium for this one. They were prepared because they don't want one duck gassed for the entire season. It's kind of like a running back by committee. They have a duck by committee in Oregon. And so you're going to have to figure out some sort of contingency for the shot plan. Maybe you have that shot's 
spread amongst everyone in your party instead of everyone in your party going down with the ship here. Yeah, just just make sure, you know, so you're putting the car keys somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so nobody's getting in a car leaving that party. That is that is amazing. As far as the Oregon duck, you either have three ducks doing the push-ups or one that's on steroids. Yes. One of the two. You yes. know, yeah. I, Performance enhancing way, drugs is a yeah. big thing in mascot circles. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we hope they're not a big thing in our listener circles, but even if you are, use responsibly, download, subscribe, rate, review, and catch us back here tomorrow. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you then.